0: Listening to Miller and Moulton exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. And now here's Mark Miller and David Moulton.
1: Ah, it's the bonus hour, Miller and Moulton, on this first Monday of March. Thanks so much for being with us. This month is already off to a tremendous start. Excellent golf tournament over the weekend, Bay Hill. How about that leaderboard? Even though it was Kurt Kinayama. Who ended up on top of it with all the top 10 players right behind him, seemingly? The madness has been glorious. Glorious for 10 days now. It's just been remarkable. All right. Half of the Big Ten is apparently on the bubble, yet apparently they're all getting in. I don't understand it. Big Ten's what? Nine teams? Everybody we look at is the Big Ten getting
2: nine. Teams. Nine. Nine I, right now.
1: I mean, come on.
2: Nine right now with Wisconsin and Penn State in the last four in column. Rutgers in the first four out column and Michigan in the next four out.
1: Let me get this straight. The Big 12 is the best conference this year, right? It is. SEC, second, Big East, third. I mean, I'm sorry. To me, the Big 10 is no better than the fourth best conference. No better than the fourth best conference this year. We're putting over half that conference in the tournament? Come on.
2: Putting them almost three quarters of the damn thing in, David.
1: Could be. Nine in and two on the bubble? Man. Come on. Draw the line. I will say it's fascinating. North Carolina's preseason number one. Most people think they have to get to at least the ACC title game. At least. Some think they have to win the conference tournament to get in. Preseason number one, lost in the title game last year. Where was Michigan? Preseason top five?
2: I thought seven, but you're...
1: Okay, right. And right now, nobody's. Michigan's not in. Nobody has Michigan in. It's just a matter of where they are on the bubble. They'd
2: have got it done in overtime yesterday, they'd be in.
1: Be really close. I mean, because, Mark, they would have had that really impressive 18 and 13 record heading into the Big Ten tournament instead of 17 and 14. (sighs) At some point when you're only beating up on each other, do you have to come to the conclusion that maybe we're all not that good? And we're giving each other too much credit for our wins against each other? I'm just saying.
2: I was asked the question yesterday, is the Big Ten just beating up on one another? Are they a bad conference? My answer to that was yes.
1: (laughs) I mean, you know, and I know nobody watches this conference and nobody cares, but Arizona State's the fourth best team in the Pac-12. They're out. They're apparently on the wrong side of the bubble. So you mean to tell me the Big Ten should get nine and the Pac-12 should only get three? I mean, really, really. So, you know, people talk about East Coast bias. Hey, the power in many ways, in certain sports, the power is with the SEC. In basketball, it's still with the Big Ten.
2: It is with the Big Ten. And the Pac-12, which, by the way, talk of the Big 12 invading it again, Utah, Colorado, and the Arizona schools being mentioned as being poached by the Big 12 over the weekend. And they might as well poach them because the fact of the matter is the conference is dead. USC, UCLA are going to the Big 10. And I know, David, there's there's talk of the San Diego States and, the, and UNLV and there's all these schools that they can replace it. Great. It's the Mountain West now. I mean, we've watched... The conference of champions, as Mr. Walton would say, diminished to the conference of nothing in a year's time.
1: Here's my question. If the Big 12 is actually the conference that is able to raid the Pac-12 first and end it, if you're the Big 10... So do you then only take two? I've
2: only advocated taking two. Like I I get the Stanford academic part of it and right. anybody would love to have them in.
1: But well, if it... but also six teams out west as opposed to four, so you and four California schools and then Oregon, Washington. So you know if you're the big 10 and you're going to expand this way you give USC, UCLA some partners. Okay. Also, there's talk about. I mean, think about. You know, not to get too nitty gritty here, but you know, from a recruiting standpoint, is this going to help or hurt USC, UCLA going to the Big Ten? I could argue it's going to hurt.
2: Look, it to me, nothing hurts USC. What it does to UCLA is another story.
1: Okay. I'm just wondering: Do they start? Do the California players? Start looking at USC and UCLA and going, hey, I, I have no interest in playing Nebraska. That doesn't interest me. Now, granted, if if the Arizona schools and Colorado and Utah are leaving for the Big Twelve, I mean, that might be the best thing that could happen to USC, UCLA, also.
2: That I agree with, but if I don't. The
1: whole conference falls apart.
2: I don't believe USC. Look, if you you and I both think if USC is their act together, they're a national brand. They don't really don't count in the recruiting things. There's the Ohio States, there's the USC's, there's the Alabama's, and now Georgia's in that club. But if they have their act together, I don't see how recruiting would be affected at all for USC. UCLA, that's a totally different story.
1: The other thought, Mark, is that the Pac-12 is staying together to see what this commissioner can come up with in terms of a media deal. And that... The word is if you can find 30 million a year, if you can find the same amount of money that the Big 12 is guaranteeing its members, which I believe is 31 million, if you can find that, then we can stick this out. It doesn't mean Oregon and Washington don't want to go, but it means that they could live. Because then, in theory, Mark, what are you? You're T3. You got the Big 2, and then the Big 12 and Pac-12 are on the same financial footing. And then, in theory, if you're Arizona, Arizona State, why go to the Big 12? If you're going to make the same amount of money staying where you are, shouldn't you stay?
2: And by the way, we say all of this and the whole time all I'm thinking about is what Florida State's trying to pull off and trying to do. And if you're the ACC and somehow the Pac-12 gets that done and now you're clearly fifth until 2036, how can you survive?
1: And see, the thought is right now that this Pac-12 commissioner who this is his first TV deal, but that he's not going to be able to find 31 million a year because apparently there's not a single network who's willing to give him anything. Apparently the networks are out. So the only way would be streaming. And can you put your entire conference, Mark, your entire conference? Can you put on streaming? I mean, we could argue, should it matter? It's kind of like our discussion. Can you have breakfast at dinner? I mean, should it matter? Eating eggs at 8 a.m. or 4 p.m. Should it really matter? No, it shouldn't. But in our heads, for a lot of people, it does. I mean, nowadays, with all the cord cutting we've done, and how many of you are not watching a show because it's a streaming service?
2: It shouldn't matter. I don't know if it does matter. Every day that goes on, it matters less. Because I think, you know, it's. we're talking to our crowd in older, older. Once you make the switch, it's pretty easy. Right. I mean, with these conference tournaments going on and hockey and everything that I'm watching right now, and even, you know, Friday morning or Thursday morning, I left here and went home started watching Bay Hill on ESPN+. Plus. I've gotten to where it's habit now to go right to the, to the stream.
1: Right. And you're okay paying the what's it, seven ninety nine, six ninety nine? What? Yeah, it's, it's month?
2: like twelve ninety nine with the Disney package, whatever I'm oh, getting okay.
1: there. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. You have an eight year old. Right. So, but the feeling is, by the way, that the Pac-12 will break up. That there's many more scenarios. The odds are it's going to get blown up. And Power 5 becomes Power 4. With the ACC, ironically, financially becoming far and away the weakest of the four. And also then the pressure on the ACC. If the Big 12 is going to go to 16 minimum, and the SEC and Big 10 are going to be at 16 in a year, Never mind, then Oregon, Washington, which could take it to 18. And so then, okay, where do we go? It's a mess. Yeah.
2: And Florida State trying to drive the train to whatever's next for the ACC right now.
1: And so the thought is we go from power five to power four. The question then becomes, can four become three? Can the ACC be blown up? And is there interest in the other conferences in blowing it up?
2: There would, If I were running the Big Ten, to me, it wouldn't be worth it. I don't think there's enough money there to blow it up, and I don't think there is for the SEC.
1: Well, once again, what's the one conference – that both networks are in bed together with the only one, the Big 12. It's the only conference that ESPN and Fox share. SEC is going to be all ESPN in a year. Big 10 beginning this year is Fox, CBS, and NBC, no four letter network, but they both. And when we look back, Mark, The Big 12 commissioner, who's been on the scene about as long as the new Pac-12 commissioner, he outmaneuvered him. The Pac-12 thought, we'll wait to the end. There's more money if we wait. Big 12 said, we better take what we can get when we can get it, or we're going to be out of business. And he was right. And UCF is a major beneficiary of it.
2: They'll be making more money in athletics than Florida State in the not-too-distant future.
1: A lot more. And you can see why maybe that they've lost their sense of humor in Tallahassee. Just saying.
2: And why they're saying things like, shouldn't we get the most money in the ACC since we put the most eyeballs on the conference? If you don't want us to blow this up, then maybe you should pay us some more money. Just saying.
0: You're listening to Miller & Moulton exclusively on the Florida Sports Network.
1: 21 minutes past the hour, Miller and Moulton, Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. And since this is the local hour, we are taking something that was used to describe the FGCU baseball team and their head coach, Dave Tolette and we may run with it for the rest of 2023 on this show. And most of you don't pay attention to FGC baseball. You should. I mean, they're actually, you know, pretty damn good every year. But they went to Tallahassee this weekend. They were already off to the best start in school history at eight and one. And Florida State's ranked 16th in the country. And they beat them Friday and Saturday. So their one and two starters against Florida State's one and two starters, they won. Huh. Lost on Sunday, but to win a series on the road against a top-20 team, that's really impressive for a little old FGCU. And so after they won on Saturday, there was a college baseball site that sent out a tweet that says, you know the old adage that a team takes on the personality of their head coach. There's a picture of Dave tolette from the side. From his right side, standing there in a dugout, arms folded, looking all serious. Well, he's as tough as woodpecker lips. First off, Mark, if you're towed, do you take that as a compliment? No. How do you react to that?
2: (laughs) No, you probably don't. (laughs) Probably a lot of things that he would rather have said that he's tough as woodpecker lips. (laughs)
1: Well, but, you know, they're talking about his team. You know, they take on the personality of their coach and their coach is tough as woodpecker lips. (laughs) So we're going to use that. Last year was the COO of the Reds who looked at Reds fans right in the face and said, where are you going to go? All right. The year before that, all right.
2: Are you jerking my bobber?
1: Are you jerking my bobber along with a little dark pit of despair? Okay. We had that. We worked in as well. So there you go. So now Miller and Moulton as tough as woodpecker lips. (laughs) I'm going to use that on my wife tonight. Okay. Because there will be a moment in which either I annoy her or she annoys me. I mean, after all, we are married. And I am just going to look at her and go, you know, getting along with you sometimes is as tough as woodpecker lips.
2: Well, and I may say that my wife's out of town. I'm in charge. Just me and the daughter. I, you know, I'm I'm running the show. And the wife's going to come back and she's going to say, how was it? And I'm going to say she was as tough as woodpecker lips. <laughs> uh... But, you know... Woodpeckers, like down here, they attack the the side, like the soffit and stuff of homes and put big holes and all that. And I had to come have it fixed at my house because they were attacking the house. One of those companies need to sponsor FGCU baseball. Totally. I mean, that's the NIL. That's the natty that we're looking for.
1: Yes.
2: With their 12-point or 11.7 scholarships for a 40-man team. (laughs) Right. NCAA. That's where we need some money because right. they're the one team. Well, I mean, you know, Coastal Carolina. You know, I know they did a little bit in football, but their baseball team's pretty good. Some of these little smaller schools can get it done in baseball if they if they want to.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, listen, I, that program is right on the edge of being an NCAA tournament team year in, year out. And that's with no money. Oh, yeah, I, if there was... I, You get one of these companies, you know, one of these homemaking companies. Our homes are like FGCU baseball. They're as tough as woodpecker lips. (laughs) I think you're right. It works better with a classic rock station. It does. (laughs) Or maybe that edgy (laughs) rock station, you know.
2: Yes. 92X, tough (laughs) as woodpecker lips. Here's some Allison Chains. <laughs> all grunge all the time. Tough as woodpecker lips.
1: <laughs> the softest thing you'll hear on this station is disturbed. 92X. Tough as woodpecker lips.
2: That's where I think it works.
1: Nice little weekend, though, for FGC Baseball. They're off to a 10-2 and start. Good for them. And who knows? These could be the wins that uh, if they end up needing an at-large bid, maybe these are the wins that get them in. When in doubt, you know, put them over the top. We'll see. But good start for them. Getting some national attention. They may even be ranked later today. Or whatever that's worth. Twenty-one thousand
2: is the text line. If there's anything you'd like to chime in on the show, two one triple zero, two one triple zero. If you've never texted before, FSN Radio is the keyword to get behind the gate.
1: Speaking of Florida State, though, to just go back for a moment, okay? Think about where Florida State football is going to be preseason ranked this year. They're going to be top ten. Think about. If you really want to go big picture, the significance now of this season for this Florida State football team, the school is beginning to say, you know, I think we want out. And we're the biggest damn thing going in this conference. Imagine, Mark, if the football team can live up to the promise. First weekend of the year, LSU in Orlando. Just so they win it. LSU is going to be preseason top 10. And say Florida State, you know, does what they're supposed to do. Only game they're probably going to be an underdog in is at Clemson. I think it's week four. What if Florida State, Mark, does what people think they could do? Think about then them standing there first weekend in December. Let's just say they get payback on Clemson and win the ACC title game. Hell, Mark, if they're 12-1 and 1 ACC champions, right now, they in the playoff? Yes. They're damn close.
2: Yes, because think about it. They If what you're describing means they've beaten Clemson and they've beaten LSU.
1: And they've beaten the Gators. And we'll see how good well. they are. Well, just saying. It is an SEC school. So, and then there's Florida State who can look the ACC right in the eyes and say, do what we ask, or we are leaving. And if the ACC wants to bluff, think about if Florida State can live up to the potential, Mark, if you're the Big 12, and you're like, oh, my goodness, we can get our hands on Florida State? Oh, my, what do we have to do?
2: Can I just ask Florida State fan, if that's the best case scenario out there, if the SEC's not possible and just work with me for whatever reason, it's not, they're not going to take Florida State and Clemson. They're just not, not enough money, whatever the case may be. They don't think that that opens up the checkbook enough. Would going to the big 12 in your estimation be better, worse than the same than being in the ACC? I know it's more money. I get that, David. But I don't think they would look upon being in the same conference as UCF as an
1: upgrade. Yeah, but they'd be at the top of the conference. That's what they'd say. And they would just think, well, UCF's at the bottom. Whether that's going to be true long-term, we'll see. I mean, I'm curious. You know, does a Florida State fan really want to be in the SEC? Besides the money, I don't think they want any part of the SEC. They hate the Gators. Hate them. I don't think, to me, Florida State looks at Florida the way A&M now looks at Texas. I can't believe we have to share the same locker room with these blankety blanks.
2: Yeah, but it's a seat at the big boy table as opposed to not being at the table.
1: But you hit on it, Mark. Will the SEC want Florida State and Clemson? because the Big 12 would treat them like they're rock stars.
0: You're listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network.
1: 22 minutes until the top of the hour, 17 until we're out of here. Miller and Moulton, Florida Sports Network, Florida Sports Network.com. David Sampson, Pat Kerwin on the show tomorrow. We're hoping to have John Fanta of Fox Sports. We haven't had him all year. That's a bad job by us. Man, good guess. Getting ready for the Big East tournament. Remember, we had him on a couple years ago. He told us Georgetown was going to win the whole thing. And they did. Yeah. Yeah wondering if he's willing to make that same prediction for Nova or not this year. But anyway, David Sampson and Pat Kerwin for sure tomorrow. Time right now for
0: it's time for someone to take back this segment. If for no other reason than to stop David from talking about Megan and Harry. Here's Mark Miller with today was the day when,
2: you know, that Chris rock specially talked about Megan quite a bit. You'll have to catch that to take, get his views on that.
1: I I saw a couple of the jokes in print. Okay. Took some shots. Funny shots, though.
2: Really good shots. Funny shots. Really good shots. We start today in 1836, the Battle of the Alamo. Today in 1857, the Dred Scott decision was made. Another proud moment. 1899, aspirin was patented by Felix Hoffman, this German company called Bayer.
1: Ah, remember then they never had the their aspirin was never coated. It was always it was just it was a tough taste. I had to wash it down really quickly. I was terrible at swallowing pills. Are, are you still? Always, I'm I'm not good, but I'm able to get it. So done. like
2: if I said choke this down without water, you couldn't do it.
1: Oh no, no. I I'm done with over. <laughs> okay.
2: 1923, the St. Louis Cardinals announced their players were well numbers on their uniforms. Hmm. 1954 was the first ACC men's basketball tournament NC State would beat Wake Forest.
1: Was it on Raycom?
2: That's it's good. Thank you. Well played. 1964, Cassius Clay becomes Muhammad Ali. 1965, My Girl by the Temptations is number one. Today in 67, Muhammad Ali is ordered by Selective Services to be inducted. Today in 72, Nicholas passes Palmer as golf's all time money winner. 1976, 17 year old Puerto Rican Wilfred Benitez, in a 15 round split decision, becomes the WBA light welterweight champion at 17. He was kind of a badass,
1: legendary fighter. That's why when Sugar Ray became champion, he beat him. And for those that were wondering whether or not Sugar Ray was a product of hype and what have you, and he outboxed Wilfred Benitez, fifteen rounder, won the title, and that's when people went, "Huh, Sugar Ray guys, not all, not all puff."
2: Today in '78, Hustler publisher Larry Flint was shot. In 81, Walter Cronkite signs off as the anchorman of the CBS Evening News. For Felipe, today in 82, it was the NBA's highest-scoring game. San Antonio beat Milwaukee in three overtimes, 171-166. Today in 85, Mike Tyson would KO Hector Mercedes at 147 of the first round in Albany, New York in his first professional fight. Today in 98, the Big Lebowski was released. It's 25 years old today, and the dude still abides. And in 2000, the Bruins traded Ray Bork to the Colorado Avalanche. Those born today that are no longer with us. Michelangelo. Casimir Pulaski. We see all those Pulaski Halls. He's known as the father of the American Calvary, for those of you wondering.
1: For those of you who weren't. And they named the Skyway after him. Uh, In the New York metropolitan area.
2: Lefty Grove born today. Luke Costello born today. Ed McMahon and Willie Stargell also born today. Those Uh, celebrating birthdays. David Gilmore, 77. Rob Reiner, 76. Tom Arnold, 64. Sleepy Floyd is 63. Shaq's 51. Sage Rosenfeld is 45. Mike McDaniels, 40. And Marcus Smart is 29 years old today. What did I miss, David.
1: Well, first of all, I, you didn't miss anything. So if we put a picture of McDaniel up and said, guess his age. What do you think most people would say? Like, Thirty-five. 31? I mean, that is a young looking guy. Yeah. Forty? Forty. Really? I Hell, I might card him. I'll bet you he's gotten carded since he took the Dolphins job. I'll bet you he's gotten carded. I mean, it's not like he's got a big build either. I mean, you look at Mike McDaniel and you're thinking, ah, come on. He's probably old enough, but I don't know. Just for the heck of it, I'm going to make him prove it.
0: You've heard folks elsewhere mock Florida is going to Florida. Well, Mark Miller sees it differently. He calls it the good, the bad, and the ugly. What you got, Mark?
2: We go to the Keys. Where they had the Key West conch blowing contest, and it was a pediatric cardiologist from Georgia by the name of Brian Curtis who played the song "Fins" on a conch shell. That was your winner. Carol Whitley of Ontario, Canada, blew the longest, loudest blasts with her shell to beat other competitors. For the bad, we go to California, where Wednesday night in the night sky was as close as Jupiter and Venus get to one another and made very bright stars in the sky. Mm -hmm. Um, People were calling 911 because of the stars in California. I don't think I need to explain anything more than that. Finally, the ugly. We go to Inwood and Long Island where Wilson Ula broke into a firehouse stole a fire department pickup truck and then used the stolen truck to start their own fire by striking a utility pole which caused a house fire they found the man on foot and gave him a sobriety test which wait for it he failed no. So a stolen fire department pickup truck and a house fire while drunk. That's a trifecta. It's a Gordy Howe hat trick, and that ends the good, the bad, and the ugly on today, March the 6th, 2023.
1: All right, this is it. Final week, college basketball, conference tournament time. Two bids being handed out tonight. In the Sun Belt, second-seeded Lafayette against eight-seeded South Alabama, which has won three games already in this tournament. And in the SoCon, Chattanooga and Furman in a 1-7 matchup. So how about that? We got a 2-8 and a 1-7 for the automatic bids in the Sun Belt and the SoCon. Kevin Samuel, former fgcu last year, the big fella, He's the starting center on South Alabama. Just thought I'd mention that.
2: All right. NHL tonight. Handful of games, none of them involving Florida teams. Probably your best game tonight, Edmonton at Buffalo. There could be 10-11 goals scored in that game.
1: Also, it's the ESPN hockey night game, so you can get it on Hulu and all that. Um, Heat in action tonight. And I'm just going to throw this out there, Felipe. They're three back of Brooklyn in the loss column. Brooklyn's the sixth seed. Top six avoid the play-in. Right now, the Heat are hosting the Hawks tonight. They'd also host them in a play-in matchup, seven versus eight. And they're only a game and a half ahead of the Hawks. If they were to lose tonight, they'd be in a virtual tie. I'm just saying. He got 17 games left. They may have to go like 12-5 and at worst to get out of the play-in.
0: Lowest scoring team in the NBA on average. I mean, you just got to find a way to
2: score. I don't think the Heat can go 12-5 and in their last 17.
1: I don't think think they're good enough to do it. And I'm not sure that'll be enough. I mean, that means Brooklyn would have to play basically 500 ball for the Heat to catch them and avoid the play-in. But it gives you an idea. The math's starting to add up here pretty quickly. You look and you go, ah, two and a half back. Well, it's three in the loss column. We got 17 to play. Uh, By the way, the Celtics have to lose in a double overtime at home last night. have to fly to Cleveland to play the Cavs. This could be a second-round playoff matchup. But uh, Cleveland's a six-point favorite at home.
2: Yeah, Boston must be sitting a bunch of players. I didn't look through the roster, but obviously there's some load management going on in the back-to-back here.
1: So, there you have it.
2: A little bit of but what's I'm, going on. Not much tonight, either NBA or NHL after a pretty big weekend.
1: No. You know me, I'm all excited. Sun Belt and SoCon, baby. We got bids going out tonight. Love it. I love conference championship games in a small conference, one bid leagues, the whole day. I just absolutely love it.
2: Well, and it makes for some great scenes. You know, good for Kennesaw State yesterday. They beat oh. Liberty in the A-Sun. What was it, two years ago, three years ago, they had one win for the season?
1: One. They went 0 for the A-Sun, and they won one game. And three years later, they win the conference championship. Listen, you don't think that, Coach? I mean, hey, if pastor gets fired at Georgia Tech, how do they look much further than Kennesaw to find their next coach?
2: Take a one-win team and put them in the tournament in three years. Absolutely amazing what he's done there.
1: There was a great scene. They barely survived. Both the semifinals and finals, Kennesaw one by one. And they missed a ton of free throws down the stretch in the semi, and they were lucky to get out of there winning. And one of their best players, their shot of him in a gym in which they basically had turned all the lights off. And there he is at midnight. He's shooting free throws by himself with like one light on. And somebody took a picture of it. Sure enough, down the stretch yesterday, Mark, who hit three big free throws down the stretch, including the game-winning free throw with like two seconds left. Yeah, the kid shooting free throws the night before at midnight.
2: Yeah, the good news was he missed the second one because it made it a lot easier to win with that thing going off the back of the rim as opposed to let them throw Right, And he didn't miss it on purpose. I'm watching the game screaming at the television. Why aren't you missing this on purpose?
1: By the way, anybody pay attention to the end of the Wisconsin-Minnesota game yesterday? Remember, Wisconsin didn't foul up three, closing two seconds at Michigan. Wolverines hit the desperation three, force overtime, win it. Yeah. Wisconsin's playing with a three-point lead a couple times in the final twelve or so seconds. Ah, Wisconsin fouled last night twice.
2: Thank you. Can't get on them for. I mean, they look learning and figuring it out. Foul. It's the smart play.
1: And they were hitting their free throws, so you know they kept extending the lead to three every time. But then finally, we get to around 10 seconds to go, and they're up three, and Wisconsin goes, nah, I think we're going to foul. Yeah. And sure enough, it put Minnesota in the position where they made the first free throw and had to miss the second, tried to grab the rebound. They couldn't grab it. Wisconsin grabbed it, got fouled, iced the game at the line. Funny how that works.
2: We don't get it. And never no. will.
1: No. Hey, I was screaming and yelling at the Knicks last night. Up seven with about a minute to go. Celtics hit three threes in a row. Now it's harder in the NBA. It just, it is. Okay. They spread the floor more and the whole deal. Okay. But you know, so what Tatum's driving down the lane? You're up three. Hey, who cares if he scores? Horford's standing in the corner. That's the guy you got to worry about. Guys are getting paid for goodness sakes.
2: And, uh, you know, we didn't get into the, we, we didn't get into the UFC because we don't. Right. And so we didn't. It's just not our thing. Sorry. We didn't get into F1 or the Premier League either because those aren't our things either. No. We're aware that they all happened over the weekend. We're aware that some of you may have watched them.
1: Although, something that we may have to get into tomorrow or later on in the week, apparently Messi really wants to play in Miami. And there's no legitimate financial way that Miami's MLS team and the MLS can pull it off. And the commissioner of the MLS over the weekend basically said, if we have to rewrite the rule book, we're going to have to consider doing it.
2: You're darn right you are. <laughs> You're so- darn right. That's a commissioner that I'm I'm okay. <laughs> Don't know if this Apple thing's gonna work out for your league all that well, but You can certainly help it
1: by getting a messy. (laughs) And I love the fact that no one in the rest of the league said, hey, 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 you can't do that and what have you. I went, oh, okay, got to do what you got to do. Miller and Maltman. David Sampson, Pat Kerwin tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day.